welcome to the House of Remark podcast show. Most of you have heard of Salem, the famous witch trials. But did you know there's some weird and disturbing facts contained around the witch trials that took place in the spring of 1692 in Salem, Massachusetts, after two girls accused of women of being witch witches, fear, paranoia, she was snowballed into a social nightmare. Confession. Under English law, the trials at Salem didn't work the way we think the trials today, with lawyers and strict rules about evidence. After these trials be heavily weighed against the accused, and such, may, many sort of writings on the wall, and confess. Surprisingly, there were those who confessed to which we have were executed, but the ones that refused were smallpox. Right before the witches' trials took place, a smallpox epidemic spread through the town of Salem. This added to the brewing hysteria. Eventually, Reverend Cotton Mayfair accused Martha Carrier of starting it through witchcraft, calling her a rampant hag and the queen of hell through historical documents show she was merely independent at minded and unsubmissive. Abigail Williams of Betty Paris. The brutal trials all started because of these two girls. Historical records states that they began ter- having terrible fits and claimed to see visible spirits. When she was examined by the doctor, he claimed she was bewitched. The trials began and Williams started accusing many people, including Tibia, Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne. Swimming tests. During the trials, many tests were created to determine if someone was a witch or not. In this case, a cute person would have, would have their finger tied to the opposite toe and lowered into a body of water. If it floated, they were rich, but if they were sank, they weren't. The danger, of course, was drowning. They left the suspect too long in the water. Witch cakes. Another test involved creating a basic cake made out of rye flour and, and a cursed person's urine. They fed the cake to a dog, and if the dog showed the same symptoms, then witchcraft was proven. At that point, the dog would reveal the witch. Why a dog? Apparently, every dog so it was a close association with the devil. Touch test. For this test, one it would believe that if the afflicted person was having a fit, the witch touched them, the fit would stop. So if the accused touched having were the, those having fits to see fits would stop. As you might expect, once the accused touched the afflicted, the fits would stop. And they tried and they the point to the accusers called them a witch. Witchcraft Act. These trials were supposedly supported by a law passed by the United Kingdom's Parliament in 1542 called the Witchcraft Act, outlawing witchcraft and making it punishable by death. For hundreds of years, some witchcraft laws would be written. Dog execution. Sadly, dog animals were, also, were not executed from the trials. Like it said before, dogs were suspected of potentially being linked with the devil or being the devil himself. In one case, a dog girl accused a neighbour's dog of witching her. Whether she's executed a dog with a firearm, but a priest, cousin mayor, claimed the animal wasn't the devil.
because the devil wouldn't have died. Pressed to death. The way they execute people during the trials is quite unusual. In one case, hardly successful farmer Charles Corey was accused of a free man of witchcraft. Women of witchcraft. They could convict, when convicted, the witnesses put him in his back, placed a wooden board on him, and gently placed heavy stones on him, crossing him to death. This form of, form of execution is called pressing. Corey's last words were, more weight. Torture. Torture can be get a confession. Was a common practice during the trials. Usually it would, would lead to bizarre vernacular confessions. In one case, while well, a slave called Tibia was being severely beaten, she cried out, the devil came to me and bid me to serve him. Afterwards, she talked about black dogs, red cats, yellow birds, plus a well-haired man that made her sign of the sign the devil's book rampant accusations of course it would, we were. two girls have made accusations of witchcraft there was many at the beginning after all many accused others of witchcraft some took advantage of exterior to get back at family rivals while of rival families, while others honestly brought into it. Records show that a total of 200 people were accused, and of them, 140 to 150 were arrested. Ergot poisoning. One theory about that caused the Salem witch trials is, is that many of the witches suffered from ergot poisoning. Ergot poisoning. Ergot is a fungus that affects my grain in the warm and damp springs and summers. Sometimes very common, something very common in Salem, the symptoms of poisoning is familiar, so similar to those what describe including spasms, fits, hallucinations, delusions, and vomiting. Land and homes removed. While torture and execution were certainly two of the scariest parts of the Salem, which tries another act was just as terrifying for people. Land removal. Many of the accused were landowners. In some cases, rather than killing them, the local government had taken away their land in a heavily aggregated society that made land a central thrust, thrust into extreme poverty. Door to door witch hunters. Eventually, rather than the accusations made by others, the trials were real life witch hunters going door to door and asking people to rat out their neighbours. Naturally, they added fuel to the fire, scaring many people, causing them to accuse others of witchcraft as well. A common source of evidence against the accused was the devil's mask. It believed the devil would make a pact with a witch by leaving a mark on his skin. Only some others believed that these would be lesions from disease or a birthmark. Devil's mark, that's it, sorry, not mask. Mass hysteria. Back then, it's doubtful many of the visitors, villagers in the stolen, understood what was really happening. They were suffering from mass hysteria, a social psychological problem common in malnutrition, poor and stressed environments. Sadly, hysteria stolen only snowballed and lasted for a little while rather than fizzing out. 
after time, some time, resulting in many casualties. Martha Corey. Not everyone thought the validity brought into the validity of the trials. For example, this woman often spoke up against the examinations and tried to convince others to stop going to them. Unfortunately for her, this was this put a target on her back. At any point in her being as a witch, thinking she was obstructing the trials. Odd enough, when she stood at trial for being a witch, even her husband testified against her. But was her husband? Charles Corey, the man who later also accused being a witch and pressed to death. Governor's wife. The governor's Salem lot. Salem left the trials continued for a full year to be caught wind that his own wife was accused of being a witch. After that, he put a swift end to the trials. Gallow hills and burials. This place... Many of the accused were hung and executed in a place called Gallows Hill. For years, many suffocated its location. It wasn't, it wasn't confirmed as Potter's Ledge until 2016. However, more and more mysteriously, no one knows where many of those accused were buried since they wasn't allowed a Christian burial. George Jacobs Curiously, another form of evidence brought forward by accusers was spectral evidence. That's right, a testimony of people claiming witches appeared to them in the spirit of ghost form. In Jacob's, Jacob's case, all the witnesses claimed to he appeared to them as a ghost and beat them with a bouquet. Another story claimed Jacob led the man to the water and tried to drown him there. Despite no concrete evidence, Jacob was found guilty and executed. Itwich Jail. For so many people accused of witchcraft, authorities had to put them somewhere. So many were placed in a local Itwich, Itwich Jail, which, as you can imagine, became very crowded fast. The conditions were awful. Prisoners were used to were forced to do labour. They couldn't afford meals. They were only given bread and water. They were also kept in total insulation, isolation up to up to until they eventually were executed. George Burroughs. During the trials, pretty much no one had been to the executions of witchcraft, even ministers. This became especially true of George Burroughs. First and only minister during the trials to be accused of witchcraft. He sent to the death because of the heat ray, buried quickly in a shadow grave with his chin and foot still sticking out of the ground. Burned at the stake. While many myth, popular myths points to burning witches at the stake, no one was executed this way during the Salem witch trials. Some were burned at the stake in Europe. Hanging was a popular mode of execution in North America. One of, one of many. While Salem witch trials are the most famous in North American history, and not isolated incident. Other witch trials took place in America at the time. Perhaps it was rampant in Europe. Before and after. Total casualties. In 
total of 20 people executed due to the trolls. 19 of these people were hanged at Gallows Hill and one. Charles Cooney was pressed to death. Others, four others died in a prison while waiting for trial. Other, the other hundreds of accused were pardoned, found guilty, never indicted, evaded arrest or escaped from jail. Hi, this is Halsey Mark Podcast Show. If you like me, are a fan of the weird and wonderful world that we live in, I found something that may, may interest you. Strange military counters with the jinn. What are the jinn? Well, they are mythical creatures that are able to put... Um, the, the genies of the Aladdin stories. But these genies may not be as friendly as you think they are. Many kinds of genies said to exist, including shapeshifters, winged entities appearing in a smoke called Ifrit, I-F-R-I-T, seagoing jinn called Maridi, M-A-R-I-D, graveyard-dwelling ravenous and man-eating, Jurul, G-H-U-L, among others, with a wide variety of powers ranging from shape-sitting, invisibility, fortune-telling, telepathy, fight, flight, and teleportation, teleportation, all the way up to wish-granting powers, often associated with the Western version of the genie. Although in the Middle East law, these wishes are typically only granted by the most powerful jinn, with either a great amount of flattery or some violent methods, such as winning a battle or imprisonment by using a special vessel equipped with magical precious stones, ruins, or through harnessing their powers with specialised rituals. Black magicians are said to utilise the power of jinn through rituals and typically require them to perform blasphemous acts on the Quran, such as urinating on it, Wearing a copy of each foot, or to restorm, or engaging in other impure acts to gain their favour. The appearance of a jinn can fluctuate wildly, with some appearing as beastly, monstrous, or demonic entities, while others appear as more or less human, often female, but not always. One such incident happened in Kilkawanda. Kilk and one K-I-K-A-N-D-W-A district of central Uganda where the Muslim populace became convinced that a genie had been around terrorizing people raping women. One day a disheveled woman emerged from the wilderness and was immediately attacked by locals who thought that she was a gen in disguise. She was beaten to within an inch of her life and even the police joined in the assault. shooting her dead. The woman turned out to be a distraught villager who had been desperately searching for her missing husband. But to those who killed her, she was the jinn. There is also the previously mentioned use of black magic using the power of jinn, which is highly legal by Muslim law and brings swift execution, usually without any sort of trial. In fact, there is a shocking number of people executed for the crime of consorting with the jinn every year
right up to the present. Considering the deep cultural connection of Jin in Muslim countries, may be tempted to think that it all mere superstition, but Westerners have also have rather spooky alleged encounters, which appear to be Jin as well. A good source of it, such shells is a military presence in the Middle East. It seems that numerous military personnel claim they have bizarre encounters that seem to have perhaps have been perhaps actual Jin which appeared to witness so more to be more than mere folklore and legend. One such report from June of 2003 came with a soldier who had been stationed in Muslul, M-O-S-U-L, Iraq, with the United States Army in the infantry of the 101st Airborne. According to the witness, at the time of the incident, he had been involved in helping to suppress the riot they broke out with the violent locals and happy with the corrupt local police. In order to protect the police, squads were deployed to various police stations 24-7. For the protection, the witness happened to be one of those in one of those squads. One evening, keeping watch on a three-store police building located in a cramped section of the town, zigzagged by narrow roads, barely one enough to drive through, the witness describes what happened to his watch thus. Myself and two other guys from the squad were sitting on the balcony of the second floor of the station pulling security on on our shift. It was something it was sometime in the night, if I had to guess I would say he's from around two thirty. While on guard we would use the lights of our rifles to eliminate any car that drove by so we could see if there were any sort of weapons in the vehicle. Stuff like that. We heard a car driving towards us from the side, when the sideways of the mosaic, mosaic, mosaic. So we got ready with our lights to illuminate the car when it came into our view. Once we saw the car, we shined our lights into the vehicle, directing the light towards the driver. The driver had a typical reaction to the shore light, light with lighting intense by squinting his eyes and to look away from the light. The passenger had a much different reaction. His eyes seemed to glow with intensity by the light. He stared right back at the light, almost looking through it at us. It was very eerie. At the time, the best we could describe his eyes were that like a cat in the dark with flashlights shined its face. I never heard of a person's eyes being able to reflect light like any before or anything you would, could, could purchase to do such thing especially in a second or third world country. Another possible report dealing with a djinn was reported, relayed by a US soldier deployed in a place called FOB, Forward Operating Base Endurance in Iraq, which was more or less composed of just simple tents and airplane hangars that had been taken from Iraq forces. One feature of the camp was a sturdy concrete bunker that was fully equipped with metal blast doors. At some point during the deployment, the witness started a relationship with a female soldier. They chose the bunker to have a private meeting because it was secure, with only one way out or one or in. There was also the fact that since the camp's noisy generator was situated just out, just outside, they could immediately hear if anyone opened the, door, the last doors. However, the bunker trips would not last long before 
the two had a very strange account of there. The witness will explain. Here it is what happened on the bunker trips. Well, about the second night on, Sarah would wake me in the middle of the night, telling me she was hearing something inside the bunker with us. I, I, at first I tripped to the noise she was hearing to the hedgehogs, as this part of the rack is lousy with them. I shrugged it off until I heard the noise. There was no doubt there were footsteps. The night before last, we stayed down there. I awoke to whispering coming from the corner, which was followed by footsteps that approached my side and by the bed. I woke Sarah and rapidly turned my flashlight on, fearing what came next. But there was nothing, nobody, no footprints. The worst of all, all the, do- the blast door was closed just like we left it. The last night started with Sarah warning whatever was down there. We were not in the mood to be messed with, and they needed to just that we needed to sleep. We felt both sleep, and we assured the other we were just hearing things again that night. Sarah woke me and sat there in total darkness, listening to whispers coming from the corner. Two different voices followed by footsteps approaching our bed. Then our bed finally shook for just a few seconds, and then a tremendous sound as a metal plate been dropped next to the bed. In our panic, we took took me. Good for five seconds to locate the flashlight, but once on, there was, again, there was nothing with, with us. No footsteps, no evidence. I made a loud crashing sound. This is our last night in that bunker. Was it the work of Jin, ghosts, or just overactive in, in, in imaginations? It's hard to say. In 2005, there was also a report of a soldier at a fob warehouse in Iraq. The weird count is as follows. With a generator cortex converted into an office, it was inside the cortex doing my water testing. I heard the sound of someone walking on rocks. As the cortex, I figured it may be it was security coming out by to check on things. I went outside, there was nobody there. The sound stopped. The moon was bright, and that night there was light shining on the rocks. I saw shadows of what looked like to be spiked crescents. Zipping past my feet, I looked up and there was nothing flying around. These were zipping real fast. Later, I drove back to my LSDA to get something. While I was backing up to park, someone started banging on the truck. I stopped immediately, thinking I had hit someone. I got out and looked. No one was there. This was 4am. I went to a big bag farm to make... Take, take more samples and do a general check up for water leaks. Between the first outmost bag and the head coast, there appeared a small light dancing around. I wandered, walked around the area and then it stopped. When the new rope pew site was completed, it was accustomed to get there before breakfast to start the generator, get the AC or heater working. The lab officer set out a clapboard of the distribution point for walking across the road to the defect for breakfast. As I left the office to go, I walked past the Robo Codex and I saw a man in a white t shirt sitting on his heels, leaned up against the Codex. I started to go and we see who it was and what he needed, but then I looked away and back again. He was gone, nowhere in sight. In yet another possible counter vision, an ex army security guard work, working in Karachi, K A R A C H I, Pakistan, 2005, had a quick 
quite a bizarre story to tell. You've been hired by some affluent families to guard a street which upscale district or the city. And one night, something suddenly terrifying happened to him. Neither he nor the families he worked for could explain. According to one member of one of the families that had hired the guard, sometime last past midnight, he was sitting in his chair when he was woken by a screaming as he jumped over the gates of one house and entered it in shot. Mind you, that, that was a man. That this was a man armed with a piece of weapon with twelve rounds, automatic pumping actions, something similar to Arnold's weapon in the T two on Wiley's bike. Upon inquiring, he kept on repeating the same story for one hour. He said that an empty area between two houses first saw a rabbit hopping right opposite to where he was seated, and he said the rabbit sort of transformed into a cat while moving towards him as there was no he tried to spell this event as an illusion. However, he was soon terribly shaken as a cat and then started taking the shape of a woman. He clearly described transformation at a point he saw the half humanity. He got so scared that he started screaming and his legs, which were jammed, were able to get, gain strength to jump into action over a six-foot gate into the um, a neighbour's house. As far as I can remember, he left his gun outside, gun outside and, and got it to get it back later. Our neighbourhood remained in a state of shock and fear for quite some time after this event. The guard has been with us for nearly a year, and after this, he's never the same guy again. Soon after, he swapped his duty roster with another guard. I'm a, one retired remote viewer from the US military named David Morehouse wrote of his own experience in his book Psychic Warrior. According to Morehouse, he was stationed in Jordan at a desolated valley called Baton de la Gaulle, B-A-T-E-N-E-L-G-H-O-U-L, in order to take part in the training exercises with Jordan troops. Location is already spooky enough as it is with a valley long, long said to be prowled by demons and ghosts, and even the, the same, even the name Beton de Gorm itself, meaning, having since the meaning of the belly of the beast, Jordan soldiers were often told of seeing demons stalking them out in the wasteland or even attacking people. One whole village valley was said to be a cursed place, but things would even get, get strange for Morehouse when he sits, sustained a head injury while he was accidentally shot in the helmet during this training exercise. Morehouse will go on to claim that after the injury that it had left him with the ability to see Jin, which he would hold thus. Sometime in the night, my eyes opened to a surreal light outside the tent. It was like the light of its eclipsed sun. It wasn't coming from any stove. I filled, it filled the night sky. The entire baton de goal and the hills beyond were bathed in the strange gust of grey light. I walked to the edge of the puff and started, stared in the valley. Dark figures moved effortlessly across the floor like apparitions. They poured from the rocks in various heaps of shapes and made, moved about the clusters of tents. And now I could hear muffled cries from the Jordan encampment. A momentary, I thought it was being overrun by thieves or edorites. Panicked, I turned to run for the help. Colliding with one of the figures, I respectfully closed my eyes, except I, 
at the inside, they walked right through it, turning around and watched the figure disappear over the edge of the buff. Another report of alleged gin account activity. By a military in the Middle East is laid from a commentator right here on this on a mystery universe in response to an article called Bizarre Countess on a Weird in the Middle East, suggesting that many cases were strange. I was in Kabul, Afghanistan, K-A-B-U-L, on my fourth tour in the Middle East at the time. I was a platoon sergeant of a PSD unit stationed at ISAQ, ISAF HQ, the day that there was intel that the insurgents were trying to were looking to target vehicles on our normal routes. There was only so different, so many different ways you can get to NK, and it's hard to change the pattern, so I decided to try a completely new route. We haven't driven before. I scattered it out using a map and satellite imagery. The road looked like it was paved and good, we headed out. As we started down this new road, it's, we saw it was dirt and not made. We got stuck in the middle of mud, right in the... This tall wall started later. I found out that the, the old British seminary was on the other side. I would get out to the vehicle, and, and I, I was knee-deep in mud, and, and that was not from dirt, but human waste and trash. It took us over an hour to, to self-destruct from the mud. Worse part was I used to toss, I had to toss out my favourite pair of boots. Now I, I would toss that, up to bad luck and coincidence, but around the same time I was having some strange stuff going on. I had a room that I could lock and no one else could get in it. And I would not put something else like vehicle keys or other important items on my bed, leave and lock my room, only to come back and leave it would be missing. I would start searching everywhere for the item and found, could not find it. I would leave again, and when I came back, it would be in the exact spot where we left them. This happened on several occasions. Later, I, I was reading on a couple of books of Jin Legends of the Fire Spirits, and I, another one I can't remember the name. My experience lined, is lined up with the Marentus Operae. They like playing pranks and taking things from people a strong attraction and appear near human waste. Are Jim real? Are the actual entities that are described in Muslim law or something else? Whatever the answer may be, the mysterious beings remain firmly entrenched within the cultures and traditions of these countries and are very real to many of those who live there. It seems very it seems very curious that these are merely constructs of a superstition of religious beliefs that could be seen by foreigners who do not share this history steeped in many such myths. What is going on here, whether the jinn are real or not, just such cases present a curious clash between east and west and a beautiful, bizarre peak into what happens when we confront the power, powerful permanent more on the faraway land. Indeed, perhaps we can face to face with things beyond our culture and our understanding. Hi, welcome to the Holes of You Mark show. What would it have been like if you had to witness a brief history of medieval magic? Well, would you ever want to get rid of an unwanted husband, coat yourself in honey, roll naked in grey, cook up some deadly 
separate with meal flour and meal from a mixture. Want to increase the amount of supplies in your barn? Leave out child-sized shoes and bows and arrows for the satires and goblins to play with. It's, if you're lucky, you might, they might steal them. Some of your neighbours' goods for you in return. The unusual charms and magic tips are featured in many books. Sounds suspiciously like magic. But alongside the weird and wonderful spells and superstitions, medieval magic paints a picture of people actually more enlightened than their religious So what was medieval really like? Season the Witch There now old familiar figure of the witch, that frightening old hag who walks on her nose and curses over fingerprints, didn't appear in the fifteenth century. Till the fifteenth century, despite being dubbed the Renaissance, the art of discovery, the centuries that followed the Renaissance lasted from from fourteenth to seventeenth century, with a witness not only to ruthless witch hunts but also new benefit belief in reality and magic. In the Middle Age, Ages the practice of magic was not yet imagined to be essentially female. In fact, according to court records from the first half of the 14th century, the majority of them tried the maleficium, meaning sorcery or dark magic, on men. This was because the most troubling form of magic, neomancy, required not only skill, learning and preparation, but above all, education, which is less readily available to women. Neomancy Involving conjuring the dead and making them perform feats of transformation or illusion of asking them to reveal the secrets of the universe. Because many books describing the were Latin translations, everyone wanting to practice the craft would need a good working knowledge of Latin. It wasn't until the publication of Hendrik Kramer's Malias Manufacturing or Hammer the Witches in 1487, the specific connection between women and synthetic magic became widespread. Kramer warned that women's spiritual weakness, weakness and natural prosperity of evil made them particularly susceptible to the temptations of the devil. We believe that all witchcraft comes from the crown of lust, and women's uncontrolled sexuality made the likely culprits of any sinister occurrence. Black Sabbath, hand in hand, this increased emphasis on women came a shift in perception of magic. Evidence shows that the medieval church authorities did not believe magic was real, though they still condemned anyone who, practiced, who claimed to practice it. Didn't really believe that magic was real. The 10th century canon, its scopier, describes women who seduced by illusions from the devil they could fly on the backs of certain beasts in the middle of the night along the, among, alongside the goddess Diana, the canon dismissed the woman as stupid and foolish to actually believe in they could accomplish such things. They were criticised in the text of being tricked rather than practising any real magical mischief. In the 15th and 16th century, however, inquisitors seemed to believe the woman really could have made magic happen by entering into pacts with the devil. It was about that it was thought about that Sabbath's 
nocturnal meetings with other witches. Women renounced their Christian faith, devoured babies, participated in orgies, and committed other carnal and unspeakable acts. Afterwards, the devil watched, would watch them, watch the women for signs and go to do their bidding. For example, if a witch put her broomstick in water and spoke certain words, the devil might cause a storm or a flood. Magic of this kind wasn't very helpful, however. Harmful, however. Witches might be able to be healed as a result of a pact of all other magic kinds of positive magic. But, besides, but because of the fundamental belief that all magic occurred about demons and devils, inquisitors condemned it just the same. Magic or medicine. Certain practices, which sound very much like magic, would have been classed as science or medicine. In the Middle Ages, William of Argonum, a 13th century French priest and bishop, certainly condemned most magic as superstition. However, he admitted that some mag- works of natural magic should be viewed as a branch of science, as long as the pressures didn't use his natural magic for evil. It didn't not being anything credible. Seal skin would quite happily be used as a form charm to repel lightning. Vulture body parts would be used to protect the amulet, and gardeners would get, get virgins to plant their olive trees without any anxiety. This is this was, after all, a scientific way of promoting their growth. A number of healing practices from the Middle Ages also sound very much like magic to modern reader. Modern doctor instructed physicians to place a herb further than vein in the patient's hand. The presence of the herb would, if it fought, cause the patient to speak his fate truthfully, offering the physician an accurate prognosis. Sympathetic magic was another way, well-known practice technique used to imitation to provide effective results. For example, liver or vulture were prescribed as medicine for patients suffering from liver complaints. Meanwhile, nature-derived charms, a complex vision of sympathetic magic, hinged on the belief that telling a particular story would help channeling healing powers to the patient, were usually accompanied by a more modern application, like a poultice. According to one medical, medical treatise, warm soaked in olive oil from the amount of olives would staunch blood when covered with a spoken story for the long Genius, a man who famously healed for his blindness for the for the blood of Christ. Religious elements were blended with the magical. Although some of the methods are considered superstitious, superstition by the Christian Church in the Middle Ages, they were so never associated with demonic magic until dawning of the witch hunts. Even though women tried for witchcraft, were accused very much more diabolical doings than using charms or stories to heal. Many women became afraid of carrying out such practices for fear of attracting superstition of darker deeds. Medical evil offers a magical potion stories of practices infused with charms, herbs and superstitions. Hi, welcome to the Holes of Mark podcast show and today I'm going to talk about Norse symbol of protection and guidance. Very strange and very odd, but it is there. It's called Vague Visir. V E G V I S A I R. Vesir. 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 
is among the oldest of sacred Norse symbols. It is essentially originated from Iceland, where Vega means road or path, and Vizia means guide. The symbol is frequently described on seagoing vessels to ensure their safe return home. The symbol the device is believed to show the way back home and protect seamen on their ships from storms. The veg Vizier was made as was like a guide helping to its bearer to find its way home. Norse people believed that the Vejvisia had special powers and it was treated like a talisman for luck, protection and blessings. This powerful symbol could help a person to find the right way in storms or bad weather or whatever unfamiliar surroundings he or she may encounter. It's also long played an important role among people who believe in magic powers such as Norse shamans, a spiritual compass, this magical device guides your heart and steps to make you to make the right choice in life. If you have lost yourself and your faith, this sacred symbol helps you find confidence again. Sega of Harani H R A N A Herrings H R I N G S Henaringa Saga Circle, which is one of the sagas of the Icelanders, existing only manuscripts dated back to 1887 to 1888, mentions the Vegvisia. The weather was cloudy and stormy. The king looked around and did not see the blue sky. Then the king took the Vegvisia in his hands and saw where the sun appeared on, on the stone. The symbol appears in the Icelandic Book of Magic, or Grammar, known as Glud or Ara Book, G-A-L-D-R-A-B-O-K, published around 1600 AD, also in 1860, a hold manuscript, H-U-L-D, Vis. Fusion, G-E-I-R-V-I-G-F-U-S-S-O-N, mentions the Vegfusion collected and categorized various Icelandic Atlantic folk symbols using some much older material. A leaf of the manuscript provides an image of the Vegfusion gives its name and imposed, declares that if the symbol is carried, one will never lose one's way in storms or bad weather, even when the way is not known. Vikings and Norse symbols represent gods, beliefs and myths. Some Viking symbols remain mysterious, or their meanings is still known, but there are also many ancient symbols that, are, that have clear messages. Norse shamans, such as powerful mighty Vola, V-O-L-V-A, who even Norse gods feared, depended on her magical, uh, her magical, the magical staff to foretell the future. The usage of symbols for communication or deviation played an important role among Norse shamans. Such some suggest that this veg was created 
by the A-S-A-T-R-U, people believe in ancient dramatic spirits and gods, but this statement is false. A-S-T-R-U is a new age movement, and Vesvitra is a very old symbol used in ancient times. The true power of the Vesvitra is hidden in each of its eight stars that offer different kind of protection against many kinds of obstacles that might cause one to lose one's way. The Vedrisva is a unique, mysterious, Norse symbol of unknown age. It is a powerful astral spiritual symbol that survived to this day. Tattoos and amulets made in the image of this Vedrisva are common in modern days.